listening to the Pulley Points Podcast with Dr. Darrell R. Pulley. That life is yours, life. That life is Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Download. I'm your host, Dr. Devar Pulley, the spiritual leader of today's church, Tampa Bay, and the presiding prelate of the Church of the Everlasting Kingdom. And this is the Daily Download, where the Lord daily loads us with benefits. I'm telling you, today is already loaded. It's already jammed. It's already packed with the lessons and the blessings of God. And my heart and my mind are open to receive all the good that God has for me. And I'm praying with you today that your heart and your mind are open and receptive to divine unlimited ideas. Let's just take a moment today to breathe and center ourselves in the presence of God, to take a deep conscious cleansing breath, to hold it and to release. To inhale again, hold it and let it go. To breathe in, hold it and to breathe out. Thank you, God, that your will for me, your will for us, your will for everyone is absolute good. It is your desire that every person on the face of this earth live a happy, healthy, prosperous, and successful life. I believe that and I receive it right here and right now. It is in the name and through the power and in the consciousness, the awareness, the character, the nature, the power, the authority of Christ Jesus that it is so and so it is, and so we let it be. Amen and amen. Good morning again, and thank you so much for being a part of the Daily Download. If this is your first time watching the Daily Download, like, follow, and share the Dr. Dwyer Pulley page so that you can get notifications of when we're on Facebook Live. If you're one of our regular Kingdom citizens, students of truth, you know what time it is. It's time to press that share button, invite a family member, a friend, a neighbor, a co-worker, a classmate, a church member, and let them know that you're watching the Daily Download live with Dr. Devara Pulley and invite them to watch it live with you. Why don't you tag someone in this post, share it on your page, help us to reach our goal of 5,000, yes, I receive it, 500 viewers and we desire 50 live viewers. And the only way that we can do that is together by you tagging someone in this post and sharing it on your page. Thank you for all those who sow into the daily download. Some do it daily, some do it weekly, some do it monthly, but however you sow, however much you sow. It helps us grow. It helps us expand in sharing the kingdom message. Well, we are developing the kingdom study Bible and we are putting the principles, the practices, the promises, the perfection of the kingdom in a commentary in a Bible where there is um, gender neutral language, where there are kingdom principles uh, right there throughout the scripture. And we're doing that through a process. Yes, we're in a process. Our goal is to have this Bible out by 2025. Yes. And so we're going through the Old Testament, Then we're going to go through the New Testament and we're going to study it and we're going to research it and we're going to put it together. And so you are participating in a phenomenal 
project. Uh, Bishop Hector also has a class on Saturday that's going uh, for where people are giving their input and their experience as we walk through the books of law, the Pentateuch, the fivefold vessel. Come on, let's review. What are the first five books of the Bible? Put that in the chat for me. Put those first five books of the Bible in the chat. And so we are in uh, the book of Exodus. Yes, this is my Exodus. This is your Exodus. This is our Exodus. But remember, when you have an Exodus, you are leaving one thing and you're entering into something else. As you're having an Exodus, what are you leaving and what are you walking into? What are you exiting and what are you entering into in your life? They exited Egypt and they entered into the wilderness. They entered into the wilderness. And when they exited the wilderness, they entered into the promised land. So we're always exiting one thing and we're entering into something else. All right. And today we are covering um, Exodus chapters 21 um, through chapters 36. All right. So we're going to cover several chapters today. Remember, we're talking about the law. We are breaking down. Now that they've come out of Egypt, they're in the wilderness, and you got millions of people together, they've got to learn how to be together. So yesterday we talked about the Ten Commandments. Give me that D word that describes the Ten Commandments. It's also called, uh, give me two other names for the Ten Commandments. What? Give me two other names for the Ten Commandments. One of those is that big D word, and that is Decalogue. Another word for the Ten Commandments is called the Decalogue. Come on, give me another name for the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is also known as the moral law. One more name for the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is also known as the character law. All right. Remember, there are three divisions of law. When Moses went up on Mount Sinai, that higher state of consciousness, he got three different dimensions of law. He got the character law, the moral law, the decalogue, the Ten Commandments. He also got the civil law and he got one more C, which is the ceremonial law, the character law, the civil law and the ceremonial law. Yesterday, we talked about the character law, the moral law, the decalogue, the Ten Commandments, how Jesus took the Ten Commandments and reduced them down to one word, which is love. To love God, to love yourself, and to love everyone else. Today, we're talking about the civil law. And my question is, can we be civil? Yes. Can we be civil? Many times we're wearing our civics. <laughs> yes, but we're not civil. That's right. I said it. We got on our black. We got on our collar. We got on our civic attire, but we're not being civil. Yes. Can we be civil? Which means to be courteous. Can you be courteous? Can you be polite? Can you be nice? Can you be kind? Uh, somebody said, why can't we all just get along? To be civil means that we're getting along with everybody, giving everybody mutual respect, because that's what we all desire. We all desire the same thing. We all desire to be loved, accepted, and respected, amen, for who we are and for where we are in our lives. Can I say that again? We all are looking for the same thing, regardless of your age, your race, your gender, your orientation, your educational level, your socioeconomic status, your criminal background, your credit history, your religion. We're all looking for the same thing. We're looking to be loved, accepted, and respected. That's what we're all looking for. Everybody's looking for the same thing. And that's what being civil means. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to like it. I don't have to choose it for myself. But I love you. 
as my brother, as my sister, as my sibling of the universe. I accept your right to make choices for your life that are different from the choices that I might make. And I respect you. I treat you the way that I desire to be treated. And so we're summarizing the moral law, uh, not the moral law, we're summarizing the civil law, we're on the civil law today, with this one statement. Remember, we're covering several chapters. We're in Exodus 21 all the way through 36, where it talks about the civil law. And so Jesus, I love Jesus. Anybody love Jesus? Give me a thumbs up, give me a high five, give me a heart if you love Jesus. Jesus. Come on. If you just take a moment, Jesus, because Jesus takes the law and he summarizes, he condenses it. He makes it so clear and makes it so concise. And so he took all of those uh, 13, 14, 15 chapters about civil law and he summarized it in one verse. And that verse is Matthew 7 and 12. And my question for today is, can we be civil? Can we all just get along? Can we all respect each other? All right, Matthew 7 and 12. And this is from the um, Kingdom Study Bible. So in everything, do to others what you desire them to do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Again, that's Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 12. And my question for you is, can we be civil? Whether you're going through a divorce, a separation, let's be civil. Whether you're leaving a job and going to another job, let's be civil. Whether you're leaving one church and going to another church, let's be civil. Whether you are leaving one business and going to another business, let's be civil. Whether you're leaving one school and going to another school, let's be civil. Leaving one neighborhood, going to another. You don't have to talk about people and tear people down to leave. You can just have an exodus. This is no longer work for me. It doesn't mean it's a bad place. It doesn't mean this is a bad person. This just no longer works for me. So I'm having an exodus. I'm exiting this and I'm entering into something else. Hey man, you don't have to have drama. It doesn't have to be a trauma. You can just leave. Hey man, you can have an exodus, but you don't have to tear down people, places and things in order for you to leave, in order for you to have an exodus. You can just have an exodus. You can just leave. Amen. I think I'm, uh, it's a song because I think I'm about um, over being your girlfriend. I decided I could just leave. You can just leave. And, but many times we have to have a dramatic exodus. You know, it's got to be drama. We got to cuss and we got to fuss and we got to fight. And we got to break things and throw things and we got to call people names and we got to do all kinds of things in order to leave. But I'm telling you, can we just be civil? And the most challenging time for people to be civil is when they're having an exodus, when they are leaving. People feel like they have to leave with drama. And I'm telling you that you could have a civil exodus that you can leave any person, place, or thing in a civil manner. You can say anything that you need to say to a person in a civil manner. You can do whatever it is that you need to do with love, acceptance, and respect. And then some people, they get the drama going because when the people are trying to have the exodus, we like Pharaoh's army, we're trying to hold them in Egypt. You can't keep people in Egypt. Once people have set their mind that they are going to be free and they are leaving, you can't keep them in Egypt. You can't keep them in bondage. What happens when you try to keep away people in bondage that want to leave? You drown yourself. That's right. I said it. What happens when you try to keep people in bondage? 
keep people with you who decide to leave, you will drown yourself. I'm gonna say it one more time, but the subconscious phase of mind, if you know I'm telling the truth, give me a thumbs up, give me a high five, give me a heart. They're crossing over on dry land. They're over into their own wilderness experience and you're drowning because you're trying to keep them from having an exodus. You can't keep anybody from having an exodus. This is a way different than where I plan to go. But you cannot keep somebody from having an exodus. And all of the drama that you're doing, trying to keep them, you know, standing in front of the door, taking the car keys, all these things that you're trying to do to keep them from having an exodus, you are drowning yourself while you're trying to keep them in bondage. And so I'm going to free you so I can free myself. Free your mind and the rest will follow. You are free. We're going to be civil. I love you. I accept your decision and I respect it. So therefore, I'm not going to try to keep you from a play and from going where you desire to go, from being who you desire to be, from saying what you, you ain't going to talk to me like you can't control how somebody else talks to you. You can just exit, <laughs> but you can't get in their mouth and control. You're not a puppet man. Oh, you ain't going to talk to me like that. What control over do you have over somebody else's mouth? The only thing you can do is exit. Amen. And some people follow you around. Amen. <laughs> from room to room, from place to place, where you got to exit the, the whole um, venue because they're following you around. Let people have their exodus. Be civil no matter what. Treat people the way that you desire to be treated. I got to move on. I got to talk about this civil law. All right. All right. So can we be civil? Pulley point number one. Being civil is based on community. Pulley point number one is community. Come on, say that with me, community. Pulley point number one is community. Community is a compound word, which means common unity or common union. You cannot have a community without a common unity, without a common union, common union, communion, common unity, community. Now, a community is not just the neighborhood that you live in. We can create community anywhere. You can have community at church. You can have community um, citywide. Community is when you have people together with a common unity, a common union is communion. So it extends beyond your neighborhood, beyond your city, beyond your state, beyond uh, the country that you live in, beyond the continent that you're on. We can have community that extends time and space. Community is not limited to time and space. Community is wherever people decide that they have a common unity, that we are one, we got things in common, and we're going to treat each other with love, acceptance, and respect. That can be virtually, it can be physically, wherever people decide that there is a common unity, that we have a common purpose, a common goal. We might disagree about some other things, but we've got one thing in common. We've got a common unity. You have community. And so there are millions of people that Moses is leading, but he's making them a community. God is making them a community. Can you imagine millions of people forming a community? What's causing them to be able to have community is that there is law. There is a civil law, which is established how we can be a community. 
Amen. The civil law dealt with personal injury, personal property. It was all of those gory details of how people who are different from each other can have a common unity and function in love, acceptance, and respect. That's right, I said it. Pulling point number one is community, common unity. And so these laws, all of these civil laws that are all the way from Exodus 21 all the way to 36 is about people getting along. And so there needs to be order. There needs to be structured so that people get they know their roles they know their responsibilities they know their rewards they know the consequences for their actions that's what this civil law was all about it was about three million people being able to function as a community and when you've got order when you've got structure when you've got a common unity no matter the number of people no matter how large the space is you can have community because we're all buying in to this common unity. Pulley point number one is community. Pulley point number two is crime. Amen. Pulley point number two is crime. Now, there's some people who believe that you can pray and you're going to stop crime. There's not going to be crime because we're going to pray. No matter how many, and I'm saying this, whoo, I'm saying it, no matter how much you pray, there's still going to be crime. No matter how many police officers, there's still going to be crime. No matter how many laws you institute, there's still going to be crime. There's still going to be crime. Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always. As long as we are in this physical body, there's going to be crime. You can reduce it. You can minimize it. But you cannot extinguish it. You cannot eliminate it. There's always going to be crime. We can pray and lift the vibration and lift the energy on the earth and set a tone for love and unity. And I'm down with all of that. And after we get finished doing all of that, there's still going to be some level of crime. Amen. There's some people who are not going to buy into the idea of community. There are some people, amen, who are going to put their own individual needs to the extent that they disrupt other people's needs. There's some people who are going to be selfish. There's some people who are going to be self-centered, who believe that the, um, the part is bigger than the whole, as opposed to the whole is bigger than the part. Amen. So there's going to be crime, which means that people are going to break the law. And the reason why there's going to be crime is because people are at different levels of consciousness. That's why you will have crime. Amen. I'm going to say it again. The reason why you have crime is because people are at different states of consciousness. I'm going to say it one more time. The reason why we will always have crime as long as we're on this physical earth, it's because people are at different states of consciousness. People are working out different things in their soul. Amen. They're working out different things in their soul. They're at different places in consciousness. And so while they're working things out in their consciousness, there's going to be crime. There will always be crime because people are at different states of consciousness and they're working things out in their consciousness. And guess what? They're working it out on you and they're working it out on me as they are developing their consciousness, as they are growing. Because people at different states of consciousness, there will always be crime. Because some people are working out within themselves, within their own consciousness. They're working out 
hatred and envy, jealousy, strife. They're working out malice. They're working out, amen, all of those things in their consciousness. They're working out greed and selfishness. There's stuff in their consciousness that they are working out and there's stuff in your consciousness, amen, that you have worked out. And that's why you're not committing the crimes that you used to commit because you've worked out some things in your consciousness, amen. As long as people are at different states of consciousness, there will be crime. So they needed to establish the civil law to say what the standard was, amen, amen. So people would know when they were violating it, which is crime. And pulling point number three is consequences. The civil law also gives consequences. And let me tell you what causes people's consciousness to grow, consequences. <laughs> consequences causes the consciousness to grow. Now that's Instagrammable, that's Snapchatable, that's tweetable, that's Facebookable, that's TikTokable. Yes, consequences causes consciousness to grow. You desire to grow the consciousness, amen, of your uh, offspring, make sure that there are consistent consequences. Consequences will change the climate, it will change the atmosphere. And so this civil law gave consequences. Amen. This is where you get an eye for an eye, a two for a two. Whatever you do to somebody else, it's done to you. You kill my cat, I kill your dog. All these things are established in the civil law. Amen. The, where people are stoned to death for certain things. All this is in the civil law. Where people are killed for disobeying their parents. You know, in the moral law, it says, honor your father. And honor your mother that your days may be long upon the earth. Then when it gets to the civil law, disobey your mother, disobey your father, and we're going to stone you to death. <laughs> your days not going to be long. And it's not going to be a natural progression of days. The civil law says you're going to be stoned to death. You know, the, the moral law says thou shalt not commit adultery. The civil law said so you can commit adultery if you want to, and you're going to get stoned to death. That's what they were going to do. So much of the consequences that were given was killing people, stoning people, maiming people, taking people's property. If you stole from somebody, then they came and they took your stuff. Amen. And so those were the consequences. And you said, well, why do we need consequences? So that people's consciousness can grow. You get enough tickets, you'll stop speeding. When you get tired of paying all them tickets and paying the high premium of insurance and having all those points on your license, it's something, it may not happen the first time or the second time, but consistent consequences grows consciousness. Well, you get tired. You get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You get tired of the consequences, so you change. Amen. And so the civil law, pulley point number one, was about community. It needed to be established so that millions of people with whole different personalities could be able to function together and have a common unity. All right. Pulley point number two, because there was crime, because people were at different states of consciousness, even though they were the same religion, they were the same nation. There still was crime because people were at different states of consciousness. And pulley point number three, when there is crime, when somebody is breaking the common unity and there's crime, there has to be consequences so that people's consciousness can grow. Consequences grows consciousness. When you learn, because let me tell you, there's some things that God is teaching me. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever person sows, they're going to reap. We call them lessons and blessings. Amen. Uh, you can call it behavior modification, but 
consequences help the consciousness to grow. It's not that God doesn't love you. You're learning a lesson. You're experiencing a consequence so that you can change your perception, your way of being, your way of seeing, your way of thinking, your way of speaking, and your way of behaving. Yes, I'm talking about being civil. Can we all just get along? Can we be a common unity? Those folks that are committing crime, amen, because they're different states of consciousness. They're going to get consequences so that their consciousness can grow. I love you so much. God bless you. This is our exodus. If you've been blessed by today's message, sow a seed, meet a need, boost this post so that hundreds of thousands of people can hear what you heard and can experience what you experienced today. Remember the prayer line at 7 o'clock with Elder Katrina, and then remember at 12.30 p.m., it's Dr. Davina Jones with the Midday Moment. Until tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m., I'm Dr. Pulley, and this is our exodus. Come on, open your mouth and sing it. This is my exodus. Somebody exited a life of crime. You had enough consequences, and now you are straightening up, and you are flying right. I'm not trying to cheat. I'm not trying to lie. I'm not trying to steal. I got to keep the common unity. I got to be open. I got to be honest. I'm excellent. All that deceit and stuff in my past. I've had enough consequences where I'm going to change. Come on, you can change today. You can have an exodus. And let me tell you, everybody's exiting. I give them the freedom to exit. I'm not following behind you. I'm not trying to stop you from having your exodus. Have your exodus. Go across there and I'll be over here. Amen. I'm not trying to keep you in bondage. I give you the freedom to exit. I give you the freedom to have your exodus. Hallelujah. So I don't drown myself. Come on, give God praise for exodus. Woo! I'm having an exodus. I'm entering into the abundant life that Jesus promised. Thank you, God, that I can change. Thank you, God, that I can grow. Thank you, God, that I can unfold. Thank you, God, that I can become. I can have an exodus. You've been listening to The Mental Note with Dr. Darrell R. Pulley, the spiritual leader of today's church, Tampa Bay. For more information about today's church, visit us online at todayschurchtampabay.com.